0: And welcome to a new episode of Wavelength, the official BraveWave podcast. This is Mohamed Tahir, director of BraveWave, and I'm joined again by BraveWave's mixing and restoration engineer, Marco Guardia, and independent developer, Benjamin Rivers. Hey, Marco. Hey there. Hey, Ben. Nice to be back. So, we've gotten a few replies and emails Asking about our opinion and impressions on the Nintendo Switch And um we got them when we first started the podcast, this comeback But we had two episodes of just talking about our, you know, games of the year and stuff like that And then last week, um or um, the last episode, I talked with Alex about Resident Evil 7 so we didn't have the chance to talk about the Nintendo Switch. So we're going to do it um now uh, after seeing what Nintendo had unveiled for us. Before we move to the Switch conversation, I want to talk about our latest Brave Wave release. It's a solo album by the co-composer of Bayonetta series and uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 and Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker Takahiro Izutani. The album is called Lingua Franca and it's it's by his alias. It's not it's not his name. He's using Dugo. And um this is a really special and interesting album. Uh we talked about it before in one of the previous episodes. Um Lingua Franca is an album that's been something like 10 years in the making. Uh, Takehiro spent a lot of time with a lot of collaborators and uh, performers. And he's been working tirelessly on this album. And this is his first solo album. He did work on a lot of games. He even remixed Ayumi Hamazaki, the the famous uh, J-pop singer uh he did a lot of remixes a lot of stuff but he never actually released something original and uh he's a guitarist he's a fantastic producer so this is basically his his uh vision of 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 a solo album he worked with a lot of uh fantastic uh, italian uh, uh performers uh violinists and People who use other instruments, Italian instruments. And it came out really, really beautiful. It's one of my favorite Brave Wave albums. Uh, We've had the masters, the master recordings uh, for a long time, for something like four months. So I've been listening to that ever since. Um, And I also talked about this before, but this album uses my photography on the front cover as well as in the booklet and it's a great honor to uh, have my work appear in takahiro's album uh he's the one who actually um asked to use my photos i i don't have the courage to use my own work in such a permanent way yet but he encouraged me to just go through my archive and pick something and and, and we went through them together uh, and we decided to to use seven photos so uh, it's a very special album to me in that way because uh, I'm not just uh, serving as a uh, creative director but also as a contributor to the album and to the creative vision so uh, it's a very special album to me, I hope you listen to it and consider buying it, Uh, you can find it at store.bravewave.net and there is also a uh, how do I say it a limited edition vinyl pressing that we're uh, doing for this album Uh so the vinyl is not something that we have considered before for solo albums just because vinyl is really really expensive so it's not always a good idea to uh press vinyl unless you know that there's an audience for it and for these solo albums that we do we really don't know if if there is enough of an audience for them but I do believe in this album and I, I, I hope that, uh, people love it as well and, uh, uh, end up buying the limited vinyl stock. So we're pressing 300, uh, vinyl editions. Um, they're going to be signed by Takahiro himself. Um, and we're trying to make it so that the back would say something like first edition limited pressing of, with the number and hand you know hand uh, printed and everything um so it's it's a nice way to to get something um big <laughs> with these photos uh, i think they're gonna look incredible uh, i can't wait um, to hold it in my hands uh, if you if you have bought the street fighter 2 or this shovel knight vinyl from us then you know what to expect in terms of printing quality and all of that so um i look forward to uh, shipping that. Um, I think maybe it'll take something like two three months maximum to uh, for it to start shipping uh, and once these 300 vinyl editions go uh, I might press more if for example I started going to um, photography exhibitions and I'm thinking of bringing this album with me so let's say this if, if, if this edition of 300 signed ones is gone we might press more but we're not planning to make uh, more um, signed editions and this one is the only one that's gonna be that's, that's gonna say uh first. Uh, edition limited pressing. So anyway, uh, go to you'll see the vinyl, the CD, everything, and I uh, hope you will check the album out. And so, let's move to the Nintendo Switch discussion. But uh, just a note: we recorded this episode a while back. We actually recorded it before the Resident Evil Seven episode, so. Anytime you hear us say something like last week, like Nintendo said something last week, we mean, um, the, the Nintendo Direct event when they basically unveiled everything about the launch itself. So, um, just keep that in mind. So, um, for the Nintendo Switch, uh, Nintendo basically held a few, um, Nintendo Directs uh, announced a few games, um, uh, basically that everything so far about the, console in terms of games um shared some stuff about the virtual console and and just basically um spilled everything um uh trailers uh marketing videos everything so i'm curious what you guys think about it um we 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 know about the nintendo switch in terms of being um a screen with two detachable controllers on the side and you can, uh, take them off and it kind of looks and controls like, um, maybe like, uh, uh, the Wii controllers and you could also stick them to the, uh, screen and, and dock the screen and you could that way play it in a tablet portable mode, which is really interesting. And if you dock it, it will just, uh, play, uh, like, uh, any regular, uh, console. And that was their pitch for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, uh, I think it's in December or November when they released the video and said they'll be sharing more stuff, uh, in January. And they finally did. Um, so Marco, what are your thoughts?
1: Well. This is certainly gonna be a probably a bit more positive perspective, however, I have to say up front that I'm not very passionate about platforms to begin with so i'm I'm excited about the switch because it's a new Nintendo console and uh, um I think I've said something to this effect before, but for me, it's like as long as there's a reasonable input method uh, uh, um and technologically you can do some stuff with it, you can pr- produce interesting games. Like, I'm talking about if there's not, if the only input method isn't like a tiny little hole that you have to blow into at the bottom or something like that, like if you can (laughs) actually, you know, if you can actually control the games with something that is approaching tactile controls and you have some, if, if it's not entirely gimmicky, then, then I'm, I'm up for it. You know, I'm going to buy it. It's the next Nintendo console. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm not extremely passionate about consoles. So that means that I don't get unreasonably excited unless there's some games that are shown. And I actually am not into a lot of the IPs that are, you know, I'm, uh, Fire Emblem, uh, I used to be really into it, but I don't really care that much anymore. A lot of the other stuff, Splatoon, Xenoblade, Sonic, uh, uh, all of that stuff. I don't know. I I care about, I'm super excited about Mario Odyssey. I'm excited about Zelda, which is not necessarily just a Switch game, but you know, I'm excited about that. And other than that, um, I don't know. I'm gonna be excited for new Nintendo games, and that's really all there is to it. And everything else is kind of uh, um, it doesn't. I don't really care that much about it. And it's the same with the Virtual Console. Good if they can find a a, a a good better system than what they had before. Fine if they're gonna give access to a game or so. But since I'm playing mostly on a original, like I'm playing on. My own NES, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'd rather play cartridges. I don't really care much about the virtual console in the first place. So I don't want to say, I think there's probably some, someone, one of you guys is going to be more passionate about those aspects of it. So I can't really say that they upset me or they they that I'm super excited about them. I'm just, the only thing I want to get out of the way, I'm just super thrilled about Mario Odyssey. I'm just really looking forward to that. And I think, um, all the weirdness that it entails excites me. I'm excited about the weirdness with the real people and all that stuff. That's I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I think that's... So Mario Odyssey for me was... um It reminded me of when I was younger and I used to see those weird games, those weird like edutainment games like Mario is Missing and huh. Mario's Time Machine and all that stuff. I used to see that in screenshots and I thought, wow, this is so weird. This is so cool. I hope this, these are going to be cool games. And of course, they turn out to be what they uh Turn out to be, they were not really, uh, Mario platformers. They were not really well designed games or anything like that. But I remember that excitement about something totally different and totally weird with Mario in it. Like, wow, this is so cool. And of course I didn't know any better back then and seeing <laughs> Mario Odyssey now and all this stuff, uh, um, with, with Mario visiting different worlds and different art styles and all that stuff. I'm totally thrilled about that. And, and Nintendo hasn't really disappointed me, uh, ever to a, great degree with their mario uh, platformers so um i'm super thrilled to to just see what's uh what's going to be in that game and i, I don't really want to charge too much about how open is it going to be is it going to be a big empty hub or anything like that because we just mm-hmm. we just don't really know that yet but yeah i'm not too concerned about that and uh mario 64 had more of a hot world even though it was small i still like that game even though i don't think it's the best 3d platformer uh the best 3d mario but, um, yeah, that's basically what I'm excited about. And other than that, I'd iJotter, you guys sort of give me a lead and tell me what you, you think about it. Ben, I think, is maybe a little bit more passionate, and I think more you too about some
0: of the aspects. So Yeah, uh, let me talk about what I like, and then I think <clears throat> um, we'll move to you, Ben. I know um, maybe you have some reservations, but... Uh, a lot of the things about the Switch feels like um, stuff that I'm interested in. Like, for example, the fact that it's a console that I can take uh, outside with me. Um, I know that um, your lifestyle, Marco, is you, you don't necessarily go outside a lot and you don't travel a lot. So maybe this is not a very exciting thing um, for you. Um, Are you for calling me-, me recluse here? <laughs> know, I'm just saying that. You don't spend a lot of time, uh, outside. Well, even that doesn't sound good. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I just don't
1: play video games while I'm out. I just yeah, don't, yeah. I d- don't do portable gaming. So it's not very, um,
0: yeah. You know. and, and even with the 3DS and everything else, you just play at home. Like you just play them yep. for, for the games, not, not for the portable aspect. Um, I do that as well. I mostly play at home, but, um, just because I have a 12 hour job, um, and the commute is way too long, uh, two hours a day. Um, most of it is I'm not driving, so it helps to have uh, you know, something with me. Sometimes I have my 3DS or Kindle or whatever. So I still don't know if something like a, the Switch would make sense to play, but I I like the idea of um playing something and then walking, either like you know traveling or or just going outside to a place where I I might have some time to play and, and taking that with me. I like the concept and um, I'm actually interested to see whether this is something that they consciously want to do, which is trying to bring the uh, portable and the like console um, mm-hmm. systems together in one system, or if they still prefer to have the separated but still have the console being portable. It, it certainly sounds very interesting to me and it, it's a very Nintendo thing uh, to do. Um, I don't see any other, <laughs> Sony, Microsoft, any, any other, uh, company doing it, but Nintendo. Um, I like that. And, um, I know that a lot of people aren't really excited about all the motion stuff, but I've always been fan of what the Wii did, which is it had a lot of party games, like fun games, and that made it a lot of fun to play with all kinds of people, even people who don't care that much about video games. Uh, and even though all my brothers and sisters, they are into games in one way or another, I still like the idea of of having uh, multiplayer games that are party-focused instead of just being, you know, a, a fighting game or something like that. Uh, not that we don't have a lot of uh, um, uh, co-op or, or multiplayer experimental experiences on the BC or even on the PlayStation 4, but I like the potential of this, um, of bringing the motion back with, with these controllers. And, uh, one thing that bugs me about them is that the ergonomics don't look that good. I, 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 people, the, the press writers have been saying good things about them, but just looking at how they look in your hand, they just don't feel that comfortable. And, um, one thing that really bugs me about them is, None of the Joy-Cons, like either on the left or on the right, has an actual D-pad, which means even if you want to play like something, I don't know, like Mega yeah. Man or Mario or, the, or mm-hmm. anything, like anything from the Super Nintendo era and NES, uh, you won't be able to really play it with these. So I'm thinking, yeah. okay, like if I want to go outside and I want to play Mega Man or Mario, um, do I have to bring the pro controller with me? Because there is no comfortable way to, to, to play Absolutely. these older games. Uh, and it's impossible to play with, with an analog. Um, so mm-hmm. this is a disappointing thing for me. Uh, I, I can't see Nintendo releasing, um, a special edition Joy-Con that has uh, a D-pad, which I don't know. It seems a bit messy, but, um, I mean, that's, that's better than nothing. And if, this is going to be a system that you're supposed to take outside and play, then it does feel weird that it doesn't have any D-Bad and you would have to buy an extra accessory to uh, just yep. uh, play comfortably. And all the accessories are really expensive. Um, the Pro Controller is $70. Uh, the Joy-Cons are 80 If you just want a single Joy-Con, it's $50. Um, there is a Joy-Con charging grip. For $30. Right. And I, and I'm still, I don't understand what it does exactly because does it's it? It's the same thing as the one that comes in the box, except
2: this one actually charges your controllers. So the one you get does not, from everything I understand.
1: It doesn't. Uh, yeah. I think you can't plug it in separately, right? It only charges when it's
0: like connected yeah. and when it's plugged in. That's kind of funky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I get that they're giving you something like a grip. Basically, it's just a grip to, to, to put the controllers in, but. Not having it charge the controller and putting that as a separate accessory is just so Mm -hmm. messy. I just don't like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and I wish, I just really wish the system came with a pro controller. Um, maybe Nintendo have their own reasons. Um, but it's, it's just not a, not a pretty picture for me because if, if you want to factor in like a console and a pro controller and a game, you're already almost, I I think you would cross a, $400 Four hundred dollars, which is a lot of money. Uh, so the three hundred dollars for the prize—it, I mean, it truly really is not just that. Uh, since uh, the console doesn't have any backing game, uh, so the we had we sport uh, the Wii U had Nintendo Lands. I think for one of the uh, one of the versions, I think one of them had yeah. a Nintendo Land, the other didn't. Um, and it was a fine game, and I really wish they. Uh, Made the one 2 switch game a backing game. Um, I uh, I was reading a Chris Collar article on Wired, and um, uh, they say something to the effect of um, not having uh, I mean, having one to switch would kind of suggest that this is what the console is about. Like this,
2: that speaks to a larger issue that I'll I want to talk about as well. Oh, uh-huh, that, uh-huh, yeah, so that's that statement itself.
0: Yeah. So, um, I, I don't really like, uh, Reggie's, uh, reasoning, which is, he said that to us one, two switch is more like we play than we sports and we play was, you know, the separate game, uh, but it wasn't a back end. And to me, it's right. just semantics. It, it, it doesn't mean that much. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's good to just have a backing game, uh, that just exemplifies what, what the console can do it doesn't have to say that like this is what
1: but the- i don't think one two switch is that game i really don't because mm. everything else about the, the switch is showing us that nintendo is doubling down again on the the hardcore nintendo fan and, and, and on their core ips and everything and one two switch is largely even not even played with the screen i mean it's mm-hmm. it's an all it's in that sense it's almost an offline game i mean you're not even looking at the screen yeah and i i I understand from the perspective, like certainly from the the value perspective, it would be cool to have a game like that uh, packed in. But I think selling the console with that would make little sense because they're selling a console with a screen, and they would be selling it with a game that doesn't really require a screen. Yeah. So I, I, I think the game itself is weird, and I, I don't give give any. Uh, 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 I don't really care about the game in any way whatsoever. One Two Switch is totally forgettable to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even going to think twice about getting that or not, but. <laughs> Uh um I think I can understand why they didn't pack that in. If it's about selling what is the console is about, then that will probably not be the right game. I don't even know why they focus so much on it, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I wanna talk about that too. Mm, mm. Uh Clips looks like a very cool game. Um I didn't read much about it, so I don't know whether it's uh actual a Nintendo game or it's something independent. It is now. Ah, it was yeah. an indie game that they snatched up. Good for them, because it, it looks like a really cool game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it looks really fun. Um So, the price itself, if you just want to take the $300, it's good. But uh if you want to factor in a Pro Controller on the game, it does get a bit more expensive than that. And oh, uh, yeah. I-, I personally don't mind that, but I can see how it might be difficult for Nintendo to move a lot of... um copies at launch especially that they're aiming for um a much better performance uh, from the wii u i know the Wii U didn't do well for nintendo and even when the wii u came out uh and i like played with the game bad and everything something felt off about it while with the switch i felt like it's it's basically a refined wii u in every yeah. way i think um yeah and and like even even the game itself is a little bit heavy um uh it doesn't uh, like it doesn't have a lot of uh battery charge maybe it's the same here but i think um, at least this one is is slimmer and you can charge it with uh just any usb c cable um so it does seem like a better experience but uh um in general i like what they showed so for the launch for the launch day on march 3rd they have uh, zelda breath of the wild uh one 2 switch Super Bomberman R, which is something that no one expected to see at all. It's really interesting to see economy of all people, um, releasing a new Bomberman game, uh, on this. And I like it. Uh, uh I'm going to buy it. I don't mind that it's, I think it's $50. Maybe it's 40 with the prime discount, Amazon prime discount. Um, I can see why the price is, uh, annoying some people, but I'm, I'd love to play it. Um, and on March... So that's, that's the launch window. So, sorry, the launch day. And on, on March, we will have Snipper Clips and, uh, I can't see the, this image. It's, it's some racing game, fast something. And I am Setsuna, the Square Enix RPG. And, uh, uh, April 28th, we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which kind of, it's, it, it feels like a Mario Kart 9 to me just because it has a lot of tracks, it has a lot of, uh, Uh, bonus or new content Uh, it's interesting that they're just sticking with the Mario Kart 8 uh, name for this and then throughout spring 2017 there is ARMS which looks like a really interesting uh, boxing game that would probably use the uh motion controls, which is something exciting for me. Uh, there's the Sky 5, Sonic Mania, all kind of stuff. Uh, they also announced Splatoon 2 for the summer. And uh interestingly, Super Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade Chronicles 2, are uh, both of them are really big games. And both of them are releasing this year, 2017. So in one year, we'll have Zelda and... Um, a, a major mario game and oh major but you're
2: assuming you're assuming
0: mario is actually coming out this year yeah i wonder too which is totally happening. it's there's no way it's, it's coming out card. this year i guarantee <laughs> you won't yes <Yeah>, so, uh, <laughs> um i've read on a website called nintendo everything that says that super mario Odyssey development is considerably finished so i don't know about that it it, it makes believe
2: <laughs> <sense>. it <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. Those, yeah, yeah. Much. Those holiday,
0: yeah. holiday Nintendo promises are always
2: so tantalizing. But yeah, we've, yeah, we've had our hearts broken so many times before. So yeah, we, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I certainly hope so. Uh, if it did happen, they they need it to. Well, they 100 percent needed to. But I don't know if they'll if they'll stick that landing.
1: Maybe it is actually a thing where they didn't want to have it at launch, and they were actually close to or pretty much done with the game, and they were just we need a big holiday title, and so we're gonna. Wait until, uh, that would be the, the, the ideal scenario for this, but I, I really don't know. I mean, it looked quite far along from the trail. I mean, the trailer included more than early reveals of 3D Mario games or, le- or Mario games in the past have shown. It seemed to show a lot of the game, mm-hmm. a lot of different areas. So who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay optimistic, but you're totally right, Ben. I mean, if that's actually, if they're saying holiday now and that's the first release date they give, then mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I would expect it to get delayed at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. I won't be surprised. And I mean so Zelda's Platoon two, Mario Odyssey, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm I'm actually more surprised that Xenoblade Chronicles 2 is coming out in the West this year because Xenoblade is usually a massive game with tons of text and just tons of everything. So, um, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine them finishing that this year. And if I, if I have to take a bet, I would say Mario would release this year, but not Xenoblade. But who knows? I mean, knows? if all of them, if all of them were released this year, it, it would be a really fantastic year for a, a first year for Nintendo because, uh, even though I liked the Wii U launch just because it launched with a 2D Mario game and I really enjoyed that, um, um, I think this launch is much uh, stronger and, uh, Emily Rogers had a, uh, uh, uh an image comparing the launch of, of yeah, yeah, that that image Switch. Is not- uh, why? Why do you think so?
1: Well, it's just it, it. just really is comparing. I mean, I'm as positive as you can get about the switch in terms of you know I'm excited for it uh, and everything, but it's just comparing mm. apples to oranges here. I mean, I don't really, this whole year one, year five, and what it got and what it didn't get, and it's just you you can't compare uh, this this stuff like this. I think I, I just think it doesn't it doesn't really it's not a useful metric for anything. What does yeah. this image mean? Year one, and then you got this year five. There's so many other games being released or not released in between that I don't really know. It doesn't really tell me anything at this. If someone didn't know anything about the Switch and the Wii U and looked at this, they would probably think, oh, yeah, wow. But really, it's just a handful of games that it's comparing with for no reason that I can see. I mean, yes, it says, oh, year one, Splatoon 2, year three, uh, and Splatoon we got for Wii U in year three. And in Switch, we're getting it in year one. But that doesn't really make any sense. It's an existing IP. They're making a sequel. And it's not the yeah. same as making a completely new IP from scratch. That's what yes. I Yes, mean. yes, yes. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, I get you. So, and, and Minecraft too. Like, okay, Minecraft's
0: also coming to the Switch now. Big deal. I mean, I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. I mean, if anything, Minecraft should have been on 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 launch day just because it's minecraft and i mean come on yeah Mm -hmm.
1: but let's let's i want to i want to hear what ben has to say about the the switch because he hasn't been able to see much so far so
2: okay i'm gonna try to not be that guy be that guy Uh, so i always i always look at these things from three points of view the first one is obviously it just says like a player who just wants to play games the second is somebody who's really interested in products uh just i just have a big I treat my games as sort of products and I'm really interested in how products are made and released and how they relate to the customers and how they get presented. I just find it all that fascinating. That's just kind of because of my background. Uh, and the third is obviously as a developer. Uh, so for me, for the switch, when they reveal it and they show stuff, the first thing I look at it is not even as a person who wants to play games. It's as someone who's interested in how products are marketed and produced and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And this is my biggest issue. So like, I'm not excited for the switch. Um, like at all. Uh, I don't know if I'll get one this year. If I get one at all, I'm not really sure. It all depends on a number of factors. Um, it's not, it's as a product. It's just not a product that speaks to me at all. Uh, that doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that, you know, um, I play games primarily on the biggest TV I can, I can muster. Um, I do have, you know, 3ds and, and Vita obviously, but, uh, I don't play them all that often. Um, I prefer to just play like I'm the kind of person who plays games on a big TV while standing up. And I do that when I manage to carve out time, which is, which is not very often these days. I'm not young. Like I'm getting dangerously close to 40. So, uh, uh, the way I get time to have uh play games versus other stuff is, is different than a lot of people who, um, just have, you know, their days are just different. Mm -hmm. But so for me, when I see a product like the switch, the answer is like, what is this? How does this fit in the life that I already have? How does this fit in the, the way I use other products? And the answer for the most part is that it doesn't. Uh, and the main thing is I, I, when I play video games, I pretty much play games on PS4. That's, I could get rid of every other game console I have, like, I mean, current anything. Um, and if I just had that, that would be fine. Cause that's where 95% of my games playing is um, at least for, for current releases, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh so for me to have another system in the house, it has to sort of do something that I can't do with other consoles.
1: Well, it has Nintendo games.
2: Well, and the problem is that I don't want to buy Nintendo hardware anymore. Like, I haven't for <laughs> at least five years. I I don't think there should be any more Nintendo hardware. I personally would rather just have...
1: Where are you going to find Nintendo games still? Not on PS4.
2: I would rather... I wish Nintendo was making games for PS4. That'd be my... That's my idea. Well, they're not. That's the I know. problem. They're not. No, I know. I like just because I want to play the hardware they already have, and I just want to play those games, which are only like for me maybe maybe one or two games a year or something like that. um, Same. So for me, the idea of like getting a Switch, like there there are no games coming up for Switch that I want to play, Uh, mostly because I can already play Zelda on the Wii U that I have, which is totally totally fine by me. Unless it's proven that it's it's just like totally a complete disaster on the Wii U, then. We'll have to re- reconsider. But from a product point of view, uh, I think I think they've dropped the ball on pretty much every angle, mm. like on, on on every single bullet point you could imagine. Um, mostly because uh, the one thing they focused on, which I totally agree, and they they did succeed on this completely, so it's not every angle, I guess. But, you know, they wanted to have a clear message, like what does this thing do? What makes it different? That absolutely, from that first video that they showed, um, uh, made sense and people got it right away. And that's, and that's great. Like that, that is awesome. And for some people, like lots of people on my Twitter timeline and whatnot say like, this is what I've always wanted. I want to be able to play a game on my TV and take it. And that totally makes sense. Uh, but I think the problem ends up being in the the details of things where, um, because the game runs on like a weird processor, it's hampered by a lot of things. And for product stuff, like when you design hardware and software, there's always a the thing about like friction, You know, and for games like Marco, we've sort of talked about this on previous episodes where we just talked about menus and side quests and all that kind of stuff that prevents you from just sort of staying in the moment in a game. Mm -hmm. Um, I always think about this with products where you think about the friction of everything you're doing, you know, like what is preventing you from just using the thing the way it should be used? And I think we already talked about this a bit where you say, "Okay, it's great. You can play the game or so you play the switch and you can take it with you. The problem is the battery life isn't very good. That's Mm -hmm. a point of friction. Uh, you can charge the controllers that you know you can detach and put into the little thing, which is another bit of friction because it's another accessory you need to worry about. Uh, but the one, the one that they give you, the, the the dock that they give you, it doesn't actually charge it. That's another point of friction. It feels like everything about the console, like the fact that there's such a limited amount of memory, and if you want to expand it, you can buy SD cards. I guess that's another point of friction for me. Uh, or you can attach a hard drive, which hey, that's a great cheap way to do it. But then those games that you have on your hard drive. Uh, Are available to you when you put the uh, take the switch out and take it with you. So that's another point of friction. Um, the fact that it seems like the device, there was a goal for this device, but I feel like the actual product meets the goal. But at no point did it ever seem to occur that this goal wasn't wasn't worth
1: meeting. Because yeah, I think they had that problem with the Wii U as well. That's exactly what the the Wii U yeah. was too.
2: And as someone who makes software and has, has run into this as well, where you sort of realize you're trying to make this, you have this goal for this feature or this part of a game or maybe an entire game itself. And you say, we met that goal. And then you look at it, and you go, I just don't know if that was supposed to be there in the first place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if this feature ever made sense or this part of a game made sense or, or whatnot. Uh, I feel like that's the conversation that maybe hasn't happened because the more and more I look at it, I go, I mean, it does all the things that they say it does on the, on sort of the bullet point list. But then to me, I look at it, I go, Again, personally, would I ever use any of these features? No. This is I just I'm not gonna bring a game system with a kickstand on a plane and then take out the two (laughs) little controllers and then I guess plug the game system into the charging point of an airplane seat because it's not gonna last, you know, long enough for a full flight to say GDC or something, and then have to charge the controllers as well. Like all that is just yeah. I could take out an iPad and play something that is easy enough that is fun for the time that I have or uh like you were saying Marco I don't really play games that set the house that much I'd probably just read a book or, anyway. Yep. Uh, again that that's totally just me. But the the thing is that I think a lot of people are getting super excited about stuff that Nintendo has proven before that is not necessarily their highest priority, it's not the stuff that they're as interested in. Um and it's always a case of well it looks like they're going to get it right this time. And to me it seems like they it, none of that is true. I just feel like When you get a system that has a tablet, removable controllers, and attachment, you know, cables, and then if you want to do other stuff, you have to buy another controller, and you're going to have, like, it seems like every Nintendo system I have has, like, four to five accessories that I use once every two years Mm. in a drawer, because the thing that it comes with in a base package does not quite do everything i needed to versus for me and again this is just the way i play games so again this might not apply to to many people but um for me ps4 television dualshock 4 love that thing like i'm good to go i uh, and again i love the Wii. Don't, don't get me wrong i love motion control games too like i played a bunch of stuff uh we were talking before the show about another code r which is a, a game that uses motion controls in the Wii to make it like a sort of a uh very friendly adventure game. And I love stuff like that. I love stuff like, stuff like Silent Hill Shattered Memories. Um, there's all those things that I got out of the Wii, uh, that I really love because I couldn't get anywhere else. Um, but there's a lot of those things that can have been sort of appropriated into other devices and other controllers that I think can, you can do the same, the same things with without needing an entirely separate system, entirely separate ecosystem, a whole new way to do all this stuff. And I feel like it doesn't really anymore push the innovation of, the software, uh, I feel like we're just coming up with ways to make playing a game more more difficult and complicated than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and again, that's also from a lifestyle point of view because for me, I, I mean, I talk to people who, man, I don't understand how people find so much time when they're not, you know, 20 to, to, to play games because like I might average a couple hours a week unless I just get a bunch of work done early and can squeeze mm-hmm. in some time. But mm-hmm. for me, play sessions are like 30 minutes a day. Mm-hmm. If I'm lucky, maybe an hour, if, if, if sort of things go well, because there's just other, other stuff to do. So having, uh, you know, like as, 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 annoying as like patches and all that stuff is, are as well, which is also points of friction for, for other consoles. Uh, when you just like want to turn something on and, and play something, having to worry about all this stuff, like I, I can't, I literally have nowhere to put this thing if I got one, because I have an entertainment system. It's set up a certain way. I don't know where I would put this because it's, you need an HDMI cable hooked up to a TV. So I can't put it where I have my Wii U gamepad, which is sort of on the other side of the room. I'm not going to just dock it in front of my TV. I don't I just, you know, just not sort of the the preference. So just to look at it, I go, there's going to be some great games on this thing. I have no reason to own this thing. So we'll see how long I last. I mean, again, that's just as sort of a consumer. And as a developer, obviously there are always things that you find interesting and you think oh but i'll see i'll see something that i think is really cool and i'm going to want to check it out but i also uh and again sorry to ramble on but uh my wife is my biggest barometer for these things too she's a massive portable gamer all her gaming is 3DS vita ios mm-hmm. and she's like a you know hardcore rpg player uh she like her favorite games are like fire emblem terra battle uh like every we've talked about this before she just Devours RPGs and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I always just say like, okay, so walk me through it. What do you think about it? And she says, does it have Street Pass? And I say, no, they removed it. She's like, well, too bad. <laughs> one, la- one last sale. She's like, the thing that I love is the ultra portability of a 3DS and the fact that I get that continuous drip feed of content and extra stuff from Street Pass. Like she mm-hmm. makes me take her 3DS to events. <laughs> so she can street pass mm-hmm. uh, on her 3ds to get that's stuff because she
1: that's like the best feature for her she just loves that stuff wow that's and so, so she, crazy i didn't know that people actually that there's there's people who are actually into this because i just never even look at any of the stuff
0: i still don't know what street bad does
2: <laughs> like well she plays all this like she is beaten the street like you know c- c- kill screen these all of the street pass games that nintendo is yeah, yeah. uh has ever released all of them she gets them all She plays them all. She loves it because it's that kind of game style where you just sort of like jump in for a a minute and you're like, oh, let's update this. Let's do this round. Let's let's, you know, play with the new stats that I have. Let's have fun and then move on to the next thing. She's totally into that Mm -hmm. very, you know, more mobile and portable gaming style where you just kind of like dip in, uh, have a bit, you know, make a a bit of progress, have a bit of fun and then sort of move on from there. Um, But now with this thing, you know, I showed her the size of it. She's like, if. If I'm gonna bring something out that big, I'm just gonna bring my iPad.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like,
2: there's no way I'm gonna bring a six-inch portable out. Like, this thing is humongous, um, especially if it doesn't have, uh, doesn't have you know StreetPass and all those reasons to bring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so for her, she's like, well, I guess I'm out. I guess I guess I won't be getting anything past the 3DS, which is a huge bummer because you know she's owned. Man, I've got her what three 3DSs I think in the lifetime of that system. Uh, she's upgraded continuously. She gets more storage for it. She's using stuff all the time. Like her activity counters would show you just absolutely insane hours on games. Um, hmm. But there's literally nothing about the Switch that works for her as a as a person who plays primarily portable games. The system is
1: completely the opposite of what she wants because it's not portable enough. All that you know. But that's that's for a totally different reason than why you are not in, into the switch, right?
2: Exactly. So I mean, we're we're just one use use case, obviously. We're just one sort yeah. of consumer case. But for us, it's like the way we play video games is different. Yeah. This device is meant to appeal to both of
1: us, but it actually appeals to neither of us. Mm. It's 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 funny because I totally get your perspective, Ben. Because everything, uh, almost everything you say, I agree with. Um, I, I come from a totally different perspective because I uh, first off I'm a PC gamer. And right. I don't, uh, I haven't found any compelling reason to own, uh, uh, current generation console, uh, sure. this generation so far. I have, uh, my last Guardian machine, which is the PS4, which I bought <laughs> for that. And I haven't really, uh, uh, what else have I had on there? Uh, uh regrettingly, I have also bought a Uncharted 4 on it and that's about <laughs> it. And yeah, that's it. I mean, I have no, Uh, what what do i need this console for i have everything is on pc usually in in some kind of better form Uh, it's usually uh, cheaper it's more accessible and it's the only con it's the only platform where i'm willing to do uh, digital games and maybe it's a it's a it's a matter of cynicism too that i have i i don't care about any uh, um size limitation because maybe uh, out of a cynical reason because i still don't trust nintendo with digital games and in fact i i will continue to buy every game i can uh, in physical format from Nintendo, and in fact, I have missed out on a whole range of Nintendo games that are digital only this generation, and on the 3DS too, just because I don't trust them. I don't know what happens to my games. I don't understand their system. They are confused by their system, how, what it's tied to, right? And 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 how it can transfer over. And by the way, a lot of other platform holders have dropped the ball on that. A lot of uh, digital games have stayed in limbo in the previous generation. Sure. And no sure, one really yeah. seems to talk much about that, and and which which I find really concerning too. But so thirty two gigabytes. Well, I don't know. I don't care if it has. It's just enough to for save files on there because I, I will not buy digital Nintendo games unless there's going to be a three D Mario that's digital only or, or or a Zelda or a big triple right. A Nintendo game. Then I I will not buy them or I will unless there's a really compelling reason to do so, uh, and that has more to do with I with me. Generally having such a low bar of what I expect from Nintendo in that regard, outside of their games that they make, I really have a, a pretty low expectation. In terms of the, the business side, one last thing I want to say is like people like to talk about what the expectations are in terms of, oh, Nintendo made the right or the wrong business decisions, or this thing is going to sell or it's never going to sell. And it, they have all been wrong for two generations now. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been wrong about the Wii and the Wii U. So many people who thought, well, the Wii was a huge success, so the Wii U is going to be the the exact same huge success were totally wrong. And people, it was for a long time, people laughed about both the Wii and the DS. And a lot of uh, uh, analysts, professionals uh, uh, have predicted things for Nintendo that are just so way off the mark. And Nintendo has, we all know Nintendo has been doomed for at least two decades too. That's the other thing. So it's, it's just not interesting. It's just not an interesting discussion from a product perspective, uh, being interested in product and, 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 and even industrial design and that sort of thing. It certainly is, but from a business perspective, it's so uninteresting, I find, because there's too many opinions and most of them are so off the mark. It's just a gamble who's going to be right anyway. So I'd rather not right. engage in those sorts of conversations.
2: Yeah. I can, I can totally skip that part. I did want to mention one, one more thing was that, um, no, I've totally lost my train of thought. Of what I was gonna say, I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about uh, my wife playing
0: 3DS games and how bummed she is. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. It'll get back to you. Uh, <laughs> I I do agree about the business talk, just because um, I don't know. I I don't think I don't even think people who who you know you know just us who are just reading like everything that Nintendo says on Twitter and 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 coming up with our own opinions and thoughts. I mean, Nintendo have probably. Sp- Spent, uh, well, not probably, definitely spent a lot of time on everything about the console in terms of appeal, in terms of concept and all of that. And mm-hmm. of course, we, we could have our own opinion about it and, um, we might think it will fail and might fail. But to look at something and then have an immediate gut reaction and just tweet it and and just be like constantly reading the stream of thoughts from from gamers. It's it it gets boring because Oh yeah, totally. The think pieces. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
2: I know, it's it's awful. I haven't like I for the record, I haven't said a single thing on any platform about Nintendo Switch
1: mm-hmm. because
2: I had friends bugging me, like, what do you think? What do you think? I said, I just need to take a few days to think about this, because I don't know what I think. It's it's complicated. Yeah, it's so funny because it's so it's like such a silly thing to. I
1: haven't said anything other than I that I watched a Mario Odyssey trailer at one, at least once a day. That's the only thing I've said, so. <laughs>
2: That's so funny. I think you and I are total opposites on that one as well.
1: Yeah, I I uh, to me everything's exciting about that game. But but then I'm a big big uh, platforming fan, a big Mario fan, a big right. Mario 3D, and the design of those games are endlessly fascinating to me. So
2: I just remember what I wanted to tell you. Oh, cool. We talked about the price. So in Canada, if I wanted to buy a Switch on day one and buy Zelda for the Switch, I would be spending a minimum of $500 what? Uh, just because wow. of the exchange rate. Because the console is $400 here and all games are about seventy nine ninety nine dollars 99 Canadian. Um, and the idea of getting any of these accessories or anything, at considering what the system is and what it does and sort of just the general appeal of it right now, um, would be prohibitively expensive.
1: Yeah. That's crazy.
2: And so, you know, again, the the friction thing of, man, I like I was looking at my PS4 library the other day and I was going, man, I've played so many games this generation that I've just loved, which is great because every console you go through that period uh, where you think, I don't know, like maybe there isn't anything good for this. Um, but then stuff starts coming out or you start finding gems uh, or somebody recommends something and then eventually you realize you have like a stack of games and you go, oh, you know what? I've, this has all been these have all been great experiences and I kind of had that moment with my PS4 where I went, Oh yeah, I just love when I have one system that kind of feeds everything that I like for the most part or the majority of it. And I can just put all my time into that system and just say, what's coming out for this and, and just enjoy it because I made that whatever $500 investment when the PS4 came out. And, um, now that it's just the system that I spend the most time on, uh, it feels good. You know, you just feel like, yep. Yeah, okay, good. I'm in an ecosystem that I like. And just like you say, Marco, about uh, playing games on PC where you go, I this like this hardware. I like how I get my games. I yep. find all the games I need every day. When I want to, you know, find a new title, there's nothing to do other than think, okay, what do I want to play today? And, and then you just go get it. Um, mm-hmm. so launches are always, are always tough because I like, I'm super excited about, uh, Zelda. Um, but
1: I don't think I want to pay $500 to, to play it. Um, that is so crazy, though, because Switzerland is the most expensive country. I'm in Switzerland and I paid or I'm paying 370 bucks for a Switch with Zelda included. Holy crap.
2: Oh, yeah. No, it's 399 99 is... wow. Canadian. And every game is always like all the AAA games now were seventy nine ninety nine Canadian. That happened. Our dollar is uh, considerably lower. Hey, it's great when you get paid by American companies. Don't get me wrong. But it's bad when you have to go to the game store and yeah. you realize like buying a random AAA game costs you $93 every time.
1: Yeah, I th- maybe we're spoiled too on PC, Mo and me, a little bit in-, in terms of AAA games because it's just usually so much cheaper. But
0: that's a discussion for
1: another time, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I did uh, buy a PlayStation 4 early in the uh, generation so i do have a lot of playstation 4 games before i uh, bought a pc and um, i recently uh, bought resident evil 7 on playstation 4 even though i wanted to play it on pc just because it was out uh, a week earlier on playstation 4 in kuwait and i wanted to try it with vr um and uh while i was playing i like also just uh updated a few games uh downloaded Gravity rush and just went to my game library and looked at everything and it does feel like i have a lot of games to play for for someone who doesn't have a pc or doesn't game on pc i think playstation 4 is a really good uh, console to own um right now because i have a pc um what i think complements me the most is uh a nintendo console or just nintendo devices yeah. in general just because the the kind of games that get released on them whether it's a, you know a Wii U or a Switch or a 3DS uh, uh, they get uh most of the time just fundamentally different games um for yeah, example, that makes the a 3DS lot of sense. Mm. and and for the 3DS you know I have Dragon Quest 7 Dragon Quest 8 I'm I'm uh, finished bravely default and playing bravely Second now so it has a lot of uh uh, cool RPGs that only are released there. And, uh, I don't know, but the Switch situation would will be, uh, I can already see that, um uh, it has uh, a much better lineup in terms of RPGs than, uh, uh the Wii U. It has I Am Setsuna, Zagaia 5, uh, Xenoblade 2, Shin Megami. I think it's just a Shin Megami game. They didn't see what it is. And a new game by the Bravely team, Octopath Traveler Project. Oh, that, whatever Ted name that, means. that should not be. Yeah. It should not ever be repeated. Yeah. I <laughs> have no idea what it means. Octopath Traveler. <laughs> uh, but, uh, w what I do care about the most, however, with Nintendo, uh, devices is the Nintendo games. And mostly sure. it's, it's, for me, it's Mario and Zelda and mostly Mario as well. Um, I do love platformers, whether it's 2D or 3D. And I really love all the recent, uh, I love all the, almost all the Mario games. Uh, I didn't play 64 and I didn't play Sunshine. But I love Galaxy, love 3D Land, love 3D World. Um, I like. Uh, I actually think New Super Mario Bros. Wii, the first one, is is mm-hmm. my favorite. Uh, 2, 2D Mario. I mm. also enjoyed the yeah, right Wii U on. game. So, um, just getting a Nintendo console for whatever Nintendo ends up releasing, like maybe it's uh, like, for example, if it's Mario Kart on one year and then a, a 3D Mario on on, on the. Following year and then Zelda on the following year. I don't mind that, but I. I I, I cough Metroid. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the fact that don't, I didn't even think about it.
2: Don't wound me so, Marco. Yeah, yeah. that still it exists, hurts. Sir. It still hurts.
0: I mean, the, the thing <laughs> is, like, right now people are asking, you know, Reggie and all of the Nintendo uh, uh, people about uh, Mother 3 and Metroid. And Reggie has said something like, you know, yeah, we're listening and everything, but he has been saying this. Ever yes. since the Wii U, launch. Every, yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah, every every interview for the last ten years, yeah, we so. all know
1: Otter M killed in the, the Metroid franchise. So,
2: yeah, they just yeah. need a man. I need new Metroid so bad. That's all I want.
1: Hey, you know what? Metro. One thing you got to say about those 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 those, those, those Joy-Con controllers. Uh, from what I understand, with the camera they have, there could be another Metroid, like with first-person controls, and like that Metroid would be, Prime. Yeah, stuff? that would be cool as hell if we got something like that again. That's actually the first
2: thing I thought of when they showed the like the sort of advanced uh, motion stuff for the Joy Cons. Um, yes. I thought, oh man, Metroid Prime on Wii was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. would yeah. be cool. Uh, I, I loved I, I loved the playing uh, uh, Metroid Prime the trilogy with uh Wii controllers. So I, I thought yeah. it was it was much much better than playing. Uh, with a regular controller. And I think just, just for the basing of Metroid Prime, because it's more, it's more about adventuring and exploring rather than shooting. It's it perfect, even though shooting is good. But then again, uh, Metroid has a lock on, which means it, mm-hmm. it, it makes everything easier, uh, because it's not just focused on, on shooting. But, but yeah, the fact that I didn't mention Metroid, even though it's my favorite Nintendo franchise, just it's, it's, it's kind of telling about the, uh, the situation with Metroid in general.
1: Um, I, I just want to say one thing really quick, Mo, just so you remember. It's been 10 years since Metroid Prime 3. Yeah. This year. It's, it's 10 I years. Mean, and the other mm. game we're not even talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. The one yeah, that no, came no, after. No, it. no. I no. uh, actually, so I only played it maybe for one hour and just, just didn't want to touch it again. I, I'm not even sure if I still have it. I just, I just. You didn't, didn't play through Otter M? No, why would I? It's, it's awful yeah i
1: know but it's it's worth experiencing sometimes yeah sometimes bad games are worth experiencing all the way through
0: you're right over. you're right but i mean i mean i was just so angry that i didn't even think about finishing the game like i only played it for a little bit and it like every single time i turn it on it just makes me angry yeah, i mean it's infuriating physically <laughs> real real anger and it just it just funny. Me so much and i just decided not to um uh continue playing uh Maybe one day I'll get back to it, I doubt it, but, um, it's, it's, I hope, I hope we'll be getting, um, a new Metroid Prime game. I don't care whether it's Metroid Prime or a 2D game. I just want a new Metroid yep. game that's in, in the vein of what Metroid is about and not something about, about uh, story and characters and voice acting and all of that garbage that we had with, uh, other M. Um, so, um, I, I, kind of see myself a little bit biased in that i will always get a nintendo uh console or, or handheld just because i know nintendo will release uh, the best stuff on it uh if it's something with like if it's a device with weird gimmicks they will still make uh, all the stuff that i like you know, zelda mario mm-hmm. not metroid um uh, corresponding with those gimmicks so I am always excited by that. Um, and I think Nintendo might be the only first party developer that I can kind of guarantee enjoyment from any new game that's not even announced yet. Um, when it comes to these, um, to these, uh, Franchises that I usually just enjoy playing, like Mario and Zelda, whereas with other, uh, like, you know, with Microsoft and Sony, it usually just depends. Like, I, I don't know if I would like something new that they do, whereas with Nintendo, I'm usually more inclined to, uh, give it a chance and, and, um, just play it and, and have an open mind. So, um, uh, and even, even if the, the portability aspect uh, doesn't ban out, and I, I, I mean, everything they show about people, like, just, uh, playing together on the ground like that is a bit too much i, I don't imagine <laughs> that ever happening uh, and i don't think uh, well we have to advertise
1: in some in some way so that's their approach yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. agree like come on
0: yeah it's just uh i mean even the idea of like going out with my friends and each of us uh bringing a switch i mean I, my friends don't even bring their nintendo 3ds so they're not gonna yeah. be bringing uh, a switch and you're right about The fact that it is still a a big thing to bring with you. Uh, Maybe it depends on what, like when I go out, I usually have a a small bag, uh, either a messenger bag or a backpack. So I usually always, always go out with some form of a bag, which means I can have uh, even my laptop with me. So for someone like me, uh, it's easy to bring a switch with me all the time. Not that I will do it, but it's easy to do but i i i realized that a lot of people when they go out they don't have a pouch or or a bag or anything you know they they just go out and it's easy to it's Too european uh, what
1: is too european <laughs> going out with a with a bag just the jo- i mean there's there I, i'm always i'm always out with with some kind of bag too and uh, mm-hmm. carrying something with me and i'm used to that yeah. but but to, it's more of a, uh, a, um, a modern urban thing than you think. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's like. true. It's not something that people, I mean, I still see this debated sometimes online, like on message boards where people say, like, uh, um, the same people who say they wouldn't wear a scarf or, you know, like, I'm not going to wear a bad bag for like, you know, there's still these weird hang ups about the being feminine in some way or some bullshit like that. So mm-hmm. it's an urban thing. It's, it's an, it's a, a a modern thing it's maybe a even a mm-hmm. european thing but I, there's a, a large crowd of of, of young or 30 ish people who live in certain areas especially in the states who would never go out carrying a bag or anything like that so
2: yeah well i have friends who don't uh like this is in toronto but i have friends who have n- like they'll never carry a bag with them they don't like it like they just don't, I don't uh so they don't granted they would probably also never play portable games but um, but you know, they have a jacket, and right, if it doesn't fit in their jacket pocket, they're not exactly. bringing it with them, yeah. Yeah, but even my wife, who you know, gen- generally brings a purse with her uh, or something purse like, uh, 3ds makes sense, um, but like a gigantic six inch switch, it's like, that's yeah. like, a purse probably, yeah. So yeah. it's just if you know, if we were going to a friend's to do it, but I don't know, it's again, it's just a usage case, I think it makes more sense for maybe younger folks who are like, let's go over to Jimmy's house and. Yeah. And like Rocks of Mario Kart, that's totally cool, but, yeah. uh, um, but it's definitely for a specific audience.
0: Yeah. And the specific use case. Uh, I do agree that it's not as easy as just bringing your 3DS with you on uh, your pocket and that's it. Um, yeah. Um, uh, bringing, um, uh, any kind of bag with me is, 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 I don't know. I've been doing it for years just because, um, usually, uh, carrying a camera or a book or a Kindle, and I prefer, and I always go out with the battery bags for for you know charge my iPhone. So it's usually easy for me to bring one thing to hold everything I have instead of of of, of just stuffing them in my pockets. But I uh, I can right. see I can see how 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 this is not really um a widespread thing, and and I mean. If you need to go out and buy a backpack just to bring your, your new game tablet with you, this is already another good sign. So it will be interesting to see how, how this will pan out. Um, but even if it, like, even if this portable thing doesn't really end up being uh, anything, um, uh, if, if what we'll be doing most of the time, or all the time is just docking the console and just playing with, the uh, with the games in traditional setting, uh, with the, you know, motion controller in a few games. Uh, I, I still like that. Um, I much prefer the, uh, the concept and the design more than the Wii U. It, just like I said, it, it basically feels like a refined Wii U. And I thought I thought the Wii U had a lot of really good games, but it, it just didn't sell well, didn't do well. And, um, it's it's actu- actually sur- surprised to see something like Splatoon actually coming out on on, on Wii U just because I mean it's it's a really as far as Nintendo consoles go it's the most um um I don't want to say weird maybe Wii was more weird but Wii U feels like it it doesn't really know what it wants to do whereas on yeah. the Switch I feel like Nintendo kind of have a better idea of where they want to go with this and uh, um. The Wii U Nintendo kind of wanted to say that, um, they're targeting the hardcore audience while also having some casual stuff. Um, and it, it, <clears throat> to me, it felt like it was lost between those two C's. Whereas with the Switch, I can see it being a really good device for uh, casual games and a really good device for, um, hardcore games. So that exc- excites me. And I think, I, th- I mean, just, just the, the, the symbol concept of a new uh, nintendo device with uh, new nintendo games uh for someone like me that's a good enough reason to buy it
1: one thing that i always found underrated because you were talking about the controllers before is just the 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 split controller design because i always thought that apart from the motion control gimmick and all that stuff i really thought like ergonomically i I enjoyed playing with the with one controller in one hand and the other one in the other and I could just have my hands wherever. And there were a lot of games where that was the case on the Wii. And -hmm. you didn't really need motion controls or big motions. And it's a really uh, um, relaxing way to play games uh, Mm -hmm. without having to have your hands like cramped together in front of you like that. Yeah. And that I found was a really underrated aspect of the Wii at the time because there were games like Mario Galaxy is a case where sometimes you'd have to shake the controller a little bit, but it wasn't a big deal and occasionally point at the screen. But even that wasn't a big aspect of it. But just being able to hold the two parts of the controller like that, I thought was a, something really enjoyable. I really liked that about the uh, the the Wii. And I'm glad that's making a comeback with the Switch, actually, that you're going to be able to. And without cables this time, you just have those yep. two controllers and you can play games that use analog controls pretty comfortably that way and uh whether they have motion controls or not but i
0: think that's a, a hugely underrated uh, aspect of it that i wanted to highlight yeah and um if you think about games like zelda or skyrim or any game with a big word that uh, implores you to explore it, it it's kind of fun to just relax uh on the couch and just be chill while exploring instead of just uh uh the usual setup of, 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 holding control and everything. Not that I'm complaining. I'm, I'm, I'm i mean, I do like my controllers and I do li- I do play first person shooters with the controllers, but I have always loved this, this concept of the Wii and uh, without wires, it just makes uh, perfect sense to me. You can just have your hands, uh, uh apart wider than before and there are no wires uh, dangling and uh, it, it seems like, uh, a, a better experience even for, mm. uh, motion games that require you to not just have one like remote but two of them it would be much more uh comfortable much more comfortable than uh uh having that we and the nunchuck connected by a wire um mm-hmm. so yeah i am i am excited by it um and i am really curious to see how they will handle online and 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 like the whole account huh. system in general just because <laughs> so right now <laughs> It, the good thing is that that uh, this is a region free uh system finally yeah uh, oh yeah although that is from
2: yeah. what i understand that is up to developers so yeah. that is not not an enforced region free that
1: was the case on ps3 and ps4 too by the way they said the same thing so i'm i'm yeah. I'm optimistic about that being uh actually implemented you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah it seems that there is a Seemingly good account system. You could easily, um, yeah, i believe it when I see it. Account. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think you can have something like six, seven, eight accounts in one system. And what they said is that the eShop, uh, the region of the eShop would depend on the region of the account itself. So,
2: so you could just set up like on my PS4, I have a, a Canadian and a Japanese yep. PSN account oh, so cool. I can buy games from japanese psn so it sounds like you could just do that here you can just have like a you like a european you know eShop account a japanese eShop account and yeah a north american one and then just get the games that come out there. that would be amazing That's gr- it's good for indie developers who make games you know like we were talking about a game before the show but there's some 3ds games that have only come out in japan uh that i would love to play on the 3ds but
1: i'm not going to buy a separate piece of hardware just to do yeah. it i would love to be able to tap into that account and, and yeah. buy those games digitally Actually. My, my, my DS library, the original DS is about five times as big as my 3DS one simply because I can't import. I think Nintendo yeah. totally underestimated, uh, what that did to, uh, um, the user base and to, to the general audience and the sales and so on, having the 3DS region lock. But I, I, I appreciate there's pressure obviously too from, from third parties and so on to a certain degree to have that region lock in there otherwise they wouldn't have shifted from a ds to 3ds to doing that but i have found that that has hampered my enjoyment of the 3ds tremendously not being able to just buy any games wherever i am when i travel when i see something interesting unique and i'm glad and i really hope this is going to be the case that this is over with the switch
0: yeah i hope so and um It would be interesting to see how they will handle Virtual Console because with the Wii U, if uh, if you like, if you had bought uh, something like Mega Man Two on your Wii Virtual Console, and then you try to buy it on the Wii U, it will say, you know, you already bought this before, so you will just pay. I think it's a dollar for NES games and maybe two dollars for Super Nintendo. I forgot. I'm interested to see how they how they will handle this just because they said um,
1: said that they're tying uh, um the, the the games that you own to your Nintendo account now. So they Yeah, but know. he didn't
2: but they also didn't specify whether that would actually mean that you can carry it, them over. Yes,
1: totally carry carrying over without paying a fee. I doubt it. It's Nintendo after all, but but at least, you know, it gives some incentive to have a discount or whatever. I totally understand if people are upset about this by the way if they have to keep rebuying these games. I, I buy so few of them that I don't really care much. But I, I think it is it is kind of crazy that there's not a better system after all these years.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one thing they seem to be doing is so uh, online play seems to be behind the paywall. So now all of the right. uh, uh, consoles, if you want to play, play online, you have to pay for... I don't know, one form of a subscription method. As if I
1: needed even less of a reason to play Nintendo games online. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Which Um, I never have. I don't play multiplayer games, but I I must be... I I heard people say it's frustrating. I heard people say it's good because it's actually going to allow them to create some sort of an infrastructure that other. Platform holders have done because now you pay for for it everywhere, right? I mean, you play on you you pay on on Xbox, you pay on uh, PlayStation. Yeah. So yeah. I guess it's just expected, or it's just something that they need for whatever. I, I don't really care. I have never played a Nintendo game online, or so so I wouldn't really know. But
0: yeah, I, I mean, I personally don't care about. Uh, online stuff on on, on Nintendo uh, consoles or handhelds. Uh, but one interesting thim- thing that they seem to be doing is, so with PlayStation, you get uh, PlayStation Plus and you play online and you also get mm-hmm. your monthly allotment of games. And what the PlayStation Plus method works is, uh, so each month they give you like, let's say, three or four games and you can go and claim them, but after a month, you can't claim them. So it's, it's a, uh, it's a. Uh- revolving door of games that come and go but if you if like if if you claim a game uh and you are a playstation plus member then you can play it a year later or two years later and and it's still tied to your account if Uh, you have a plus subscription if you have as long as
2: you yeah as long as you still have your subscription you can still play though i'm not a fan seems to be doing the opposite
1: yeah and i actually which is confusing I, I I'm not. I wouldn't blame Nintendo for that, even though I'm not particularly interested in that system. But I, I, I'm i not a fan of doing that anyway. I'm not a fan of just throwing mm-hmm. in games. I know they want people want incentive. They want an incentive. They want added value to everything. But it's just it's just another part of the whole bundle system for me. It's just the devaluing good. games. It's just it's just throwing a bunch of games. Oh, here have them, whatever. You know, just just throwing. Yeah, there's four more free one games, and everyone has a subscription service, and it's just like. No, I, I would rather just – I kind of like – what I kind of like about the Nintendo approach is that it's an incentive to buy the game. It's more like a demo, really. You just get a full play of the game for a month, and then you you can buy it if you enjoy it. It's just for virtual console, of course. But uh, yeah. from the perspective of a developer, I have to say I'd rather uh, have a system like that or maybe a trial system or whatever than just throwing in a bunch of games. And, you know, tying the, really tying the consumer to this, it's really about Sony. Sony getting that money and people having that subscription, they keeping that subscription, keeping that PS Plus subscription so they can keep those games, right? And and uh, for the developers, I don't know what they're getting out of this. I'm sure they're getting something out of this, otherwise they wouldn't be doing this, but it's just the same with bundles. It's just such an expected thing. We've lowered the bar. It's just like a, such a race to the bottom thing. It just ties in with all that stuff, you know, that... I'm I'm hesitant to embrace
0: the the model that Microsoft or uh, Sony have. Yeah. And um and Microsoft is also doing the same with I think it's called Xbox Live Gold game, something like that. I don't yeah. have an Xbox, so I'm, I'm games not exactly games with gold. Games with gold, go like... yeah. Yeah, and this is basically the same concept. And what Nintendo wants to do is each month you get a virtual console game, everyone gets the same game, and then after a month, it's gone. You can't play that game. Uh, and if it, like, even if you claimed it, even if you downloaded it, even if it's in your system, after a month, you have to pay for it. And one argument that I read for it, I think it was uh, Frank Cifaldi, um, uh, the lead restoration guy, uh, on the Mega Man Legacy Collection. He said that the good thing about this is that it kind of creates a, a community and hype around one classic release. So instead of, Um, uh, Earthbound coming out on 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 the Wii U. Everyone is is excited. They go out and they 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 maybe check it out. Maybe they buy it. Maybe not. And and it like that's it. It kind of creates a more, uh, kind of a focused uh, uh effort into trying to bring everyone to play one game and experience one game. And it's an one incentive. Game, it's an incentive game. to play, to actually play those games because what's, what happens,
1: what, what used to happen, it's not as bad now, but what used to happen with those race to the bottom steam sales is that people just, they hoard games, right? And bundles yeah. and everything. They just hoard them and then they don't play them. A yeah. large, large swath of, of, of games that people buy and have in their steam libraries on PC. is especially bad. Just they're, they're not played. And I don't care if it's, I don't care if a game is 50 cents or 10 cents on a steam sale. If I don't want to play that game right now, I'm not buying it. I'm so over that aspect of it, of the hoarding aspect of it. And I think it's, mm-hmm. for that, I, I think it's probably not some sort of noble cause that Nintendo is pursuing here <laughs> with this, you know? But uh, uh, I'd rather have this direction than what the, everyone else is doing, which is throwing them in and devaluing the, the, these games.
0: Yeah, um, I see that. And uh, personally, um, I, I remember one time uh, maybe three years ago, Wario sixty four tweeted a link. Uh, I really never seen this deal before. It was a PlayStation Plus for one year for really low price. I think it was thirty dollars, maybe twenty five. I don't remember. It was the lowest amount that I've seen. So, I bought three codes, which means three years. And so, <clears throat> I had a PlayStation Plus for three years, and it just recently, uh, I think in December, it expired. And for three years, I kept claiming games, and I I think I didn't play any of them maybe i played a game maybe two games but that's it and mm. what happens is that i know that i'm uh uh i'm entitled to those games so whenever there is a new uh round of games i would claim them i would download them uh, i like the idea of me one day playing them but most of the time i would didn't even try the game like i i have an idea yeah. what this game is about and that's it and Steam is different. What happens with Steam, of course, is that you get massive, massive sales for even the biggest games, and I know about this. I've known about this for years. I tried it before when I had a gaming laptop, but it's happened again this time where I see a deal about a game that I'm kind of interested in, and... I just buy it. I just buy it. I don't think much about it. I just think, well, okay, one day I will get to it. <laughs> but the thing is, when you go to the library tab and you just scroll and scroll and it's like at 50 games, all of them, I want to play them, but I, I mean, I just bought them and well, why am I doing this? This also happened with the PlayStation Plus. I just kept, uh, uh, hoarding games basically.
1: What do you think about all this, Ben? This, this whole hoarding, hoarding uh, games and, and, and the, 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 the valuation of games thing.
0: One thing I want to add, Ben, is that I do understand that there are people who maybe play almost all the PlayStation Plus free games. They they, they discover things from them, and that's good. But for me personally, I, I just realized that I just keep on hoarding games and I don't really play much of them.
2: Yeah, I mostly agree with you guys, I think, on that. I mean, it's... I Like, I always joke about how I'm a minimalist. I just don't like owning lots of stuff. So hoarding is just not in my nature. I'm the kind of person who just, like, goes through his closet at 3 a.m. and just throws everything in the garbage and says, I don't want any more stuff in here. Uh, so, like, I'm unaffected by sales um, because I won't buy anything. I only buy the game I'm planning to play that moment. Yeah. And I don't buy another game until I'm done that game and I'm ready. I don't care if it costs $20 more when I do uh, or if it, uh, you know, like I miss some sweet deal because – yeah. Um, It's like reading a book. Like if I, if I buy three books, I know sometimes some books just take me a long time to read because of the content or my time at that point. Um, and all it does is just put pressure on you to, to finish a book, which seems insane because it should be something that's fun, not, you know, the opposite. So, uh, but on the, but from the point of view of a developer, um, I am the sales issue is complicated. So I'm always, I'm always of two minds because there's always, there's always, there are always going to be people who never buy your game. At full price, no matter what, because they're 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 not full price interested in your game. Yeah, and I mean that's that's true of me buying games myself. Uh, yeah, maybe there's some AAA games where I say, oh, that's interesting, but it's just not my jam right now. And maybe by the time I pick it up, it'll, it'll be a little bit cheaper. But uh, I do think that there is a dangerous precedent that has been set of just people. I mean, you see it in, in forum posts and whatnot, where people say like, well, I'll just wait for the inevitable sale, or you know, yeah. t minus two months till I get this for half price or, or whatnot. And so much so, and you know this as well, Marco, like as a developer, you plan your entire strategy around these things. Yeah. Like we all know that this happens. We all have like, spreadsheets to deal with this stuff and try to think about it. Um you guys bring up a really good point about the about PS Plus and whatnot, because I'm like that too. I usually don't download the PS Plus games. Um uh mostly because uh if I haven't bought the game, it's probably because I didn't want to play it. Um, there have been some cases where I just slept on a game or was busy with something else or whatnot and something comes out and I'll say, Oh, actually, fantastic. I was looking to, forward to playing this. Mm-hmm. But it's also because I'm a developer too. Like to me, like the, the race to the bargain bin to get something because it's free is just mm. not something I feel comfortable doing anyway. Yeah. So, um, there are some games where I'll just wait until I can purchase it again and I'll actually buy it because it's a developer I want to support and yep. I want them to have that sale. Yeah. Uh, I, but again, that's not the traditional, kind of just like regular consumer perspective. I know, um, but also the, I mean, depending on depending on the game and the the PS Plus release, you know, it can be good for a developer. It can be bad because those things have negotiations involved, and there's stuff that I'm not going to talk about. But uh, uh, it's not just like Sony just says, "Hey, guess what." tomorrow we're giving your game away free for a month and you're like hey what and, and then yeah. you just kind of get screwed of for a month it's it doesn't work that way but uh but it is obviously yeah there's a negotiation there's a risk reward to, to to that mm-hmm. whole system um I never thought of what Nintendo was proposing to do in the way that you guys suggested so that's actually really interesting the idea of saying you know like you know let's let's say I had a game on the switch and they're like okay well we're you're gonna be this month's free nintendo game and you say okay and that's the only one and it's just for people to have for the month and the idea that that being a a focus point is actually really uh really interesting and actually surprisingly appealing because to have a say an indie game that suddenly gets a huge press boost Mm -hmm. whether that's at launch or well after launch because it just seems like the right choice you know say it's like a halloween themed game and it's halloween and nintendo says you know what we're going to put this game out as like one of our indie games for the month uh and had to have everyone focused on that can have great long tail sort of results
1: yeah i actually hope they're gonna i hope they're really gonna do that with 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 indie games too though because they're focused on indie has been minimal so far i think all they've said so far is virtual console but what you're saying would actually be amazing if they did the same thing but focused on indie games and not just like nintendo or virtual console titles
2: yeah, and I mean, you know, like if Home was on Switch and they were like exactly the situation I just said where they said, you know, hey, it's Halloween. Do you want to be this month's Halloween yep. indie game? I'd be like, yeah, absolutely, of course, um, just to get that conversation going. Yeah. So that is a really good point. I mean, Awada talked a long time ago about how, you know, he was not, not cool about the race to the bottom. And he thought that games should – their value needs to be maintained because it's too easy to just to, to fall down that slope. And I think the industry has largely proven um, him to be right. Yes. Um the issue of course is that is is there ever even anything we can do about it? Yeah, um, totally. I I mean, I think there is, but it's it's just because you want it to be true doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, and it's tough. It's a complicated conversation. And it, but, people, uh, but
1: sorry, no, continue.
2: No, I was just going to say now that you mentioned how or now that you explained it this way, I think having an alternative approach to that is actually very important because things get accepted because they happen and people follow yes. suit, but sometimes having a disruption there is just at least one way to start the conversation in a different direction. So I think that is important.
1: Yeah. And I think you're right about what you said before in terms of, I mean, sales have always existed, but uh, you hear this a lot, this this attitude of, of, well, I wouldn't have bought this game at full price. and, And you're reaching a different audience if it's discounted or if it's heavily discounted. And I think, yes, on the surface level, that is true. And it seems like so logical, but the reality is you have created a market where that's the expectation. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, this is what, uh, what people expect people because I mean, with indies, I see this a lot and I just shake my head. I think, yeah, I might buy this when it's 90% off on a Steam sale. And I'm like, well, you go in with that expectation. So you're, you're actually creating this market. It's not like this consumer Mm -hmm. has really existed before. This consumer might have in a year due to, I want to say, positive peer pressure or whatever, when there's a lot of people or a lot of conversation about it and they think, they hear, gee, this game must really be interesting or cooler. It must be something about it that I'm missing. So I'm going to buy it, even if it's only 20% off or if it's even at full price. But sure. if they know, well, it's in the next theme sale, it's going to be 75% off anyway. So I'm going to, might as well wait, right? So that's the consumer you're creating. The market also creates that kind of consumer. So... Uh, it's always twofold. It's not as simple as well. People might not have bought the game otherwise, right? So exactly, once you're on that downward spiral, getting back back out of it is is not that easy because the market expectation is just such a different one. And I don't know if we can ever turn it around. You're totally right. We're seeing what is this doing, but in fact, it's already done it. I mean. We're, we're we're in it we're in this market that that with the race to the bottom has already happened like a long time ago and and the app store and all that stuff uh, mm-hmm. ios and what apple has to a degree helped create and and bundles and all that stuff i mean we're we're in it it's not the future it's not a dystopian sort of thing but it's actually happening it's all around us
0: yeah i think when you're you know in middle school and high school and you have all the time, but your money is limited, uh, deals and this whole PlayStation Plus, uh, makes a lot of sense. But I think for, um, all of us, we, money is not the issue. It's, it's the time. So usually I just find it, uh, uh, funny when people say this game is, uh, good. Like, like just wait for a 50% off sale and, th- th- it, it's worth that. Uh, to me, it's never about the price. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, if a game that I like, whether I, I mean, I, I spent a uh, hundred bucks on Forza Horizon, uh, three because I wanted the early access and I don't regret that. And I bought, the, uh, uh, you know, so, so, even for this edition, a hundred dollars edition, it doesn't have the expansion pass. So I bought the expansion pass, but I love that. I enjoyed it. And yeah. there are games that I might get for free. And if I played what, let's say 10 hours and I just, didn't have a good time with it i wouldn't be more my money i would just be more my time that you know i didn't i didn't like it i didn't enjoy it and it's never about the money uh i I think uh uh on all of us like people who who have a job and uh who can afford these things but it's usually the time that they can afford it's it's uh just about uh, finding uh The time and this is what I've been thinking with uh, Bomberman because a lot of people are saying that, you know, 50 bucks, even, even 40 or maybe it's 42, 43 with the Amazon Prime discount. A lot of people are saying that this is too much and should be 20, should be 30. But to me, um, I get that. I understand that, uh, perspective, but to me, I want to play that game. If it's 60 bucks, I will still buy it because I want to play that game and I, and I, no i will have a lot of fun with it and um um one one really interesting um point to mention is that um when marco and i were talking about the generation series uh projects a line of soundtracks uh, one thing we agreed on and this is was marco's ideas is that uh these will never be discounted even if we do our like yearly sale stuff uh, we usually with brave wave do a yearly sale in december um uh, we don't discount those, uh, no matter what. And, uh, it's a shame that I didn't like get this philosophy until after, you know, I started Bravewave because, um, we have already done a lot of sales. So it kind of, it would be weird to suddenly say, okay, no more Wave sales. So we kept that for right. the Bravewave albums, but for all the generation stuff, uh, we don't plan to discount them at all. Uh, just because you don't want to, I mean, it, it's really, it's really bad when you, Look at something you like and your immediate reaction is, is this the cheapest price for it? Like, should I wait? Yeah. Like, will I buy it now? And then, and then feel like I, I got a bad deal. So it's, it, I just like the, uh, the notion of just not, not focusing on that, not focusing on, on, on the great deal that you're getting right now, but instead focusing on the, like, do you like it? Like, do you want this? Do you think you will listen to it or play it or, or enjoy it? And if so, then. Just buy it and be done with it. Instead of just getting sucked yeah. into this 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 uh, uh, tornado of sales and deals and 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 you just end up hoarding and and, and just uh, you usually won't realize what you're doing until you're way too <laughs> you're, you're until it's all. way too late. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. hundred yeah. uh, percent agree. Yeah, too bad. But uh, yeah,
2: and everyone should buy Brave Wave albums at full price anyway because they're great. Yeah, (laughs) just, yeah, everyone
0: should. Um, so, yeah, this, I think, I think we said, uh, everything we wanted to say about the Nintendo Switch. Um, cool. I like it, but I still want to see how it feels, uh, controllers and everything. And, uh, um, I'm really excited for, uh, Mario, uh, I thought it was, for a moment, I thought it would be an open world kind of game, which, uh, made me angry, but then I realized that it's not, it just looks like every other uh, Mario game. Um, so, um, I look forward to playing Zelda, and uh, I think uh, when, when the console is, is released, we will have, uh, more to talk about.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's a good time to revisit what we've said today, or maybe at least, when we uh, all own the console. Yeah.
0: Sounds good. Yeah. Um So that's it for this episode. You can find us on Twitter. You can ask us any questions. We will just uh, answer them the next time we record. Uh, you can find me at RoboCake and Marco at MonoMirror and Ben at Benjamin Rivers. And you can just go to the website for the show notes. You will see all the links about everything we talked about as well as our Twitter handles.